the Public News Service Joy Newscast, May the 27th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. The cost of heading out of town this Memorial Day weekend will be higher than past years, with gas prices and inflation hitting travelers. However, many Montanans still will be getting out of town. The average price per gallon in Montana is $4.38. That's slightly below the national average of $4.60, but still a record high for the state. Nevertheless, AAA Montana spokesperson Aldo Vasquez says people want to get away from home this weekend. It really isn't impacting their desire to travel much. We are seeing an increase in travel across the board. 39 million people are going to be traveling across the country for the Memorial Day holiday. That's 3 million more folks than traveled last year. Although numbers are up from last year, Vasquez notes they're not to levels from just before the pandemic. They're more in line with 2017 numbers. I'm Eric Tegadoff reporting. For those traveling by air, you're reminded to arrive at the airport early. Staff shortages have led to more flight cancellations than usual, a pattern that's been ongoing since last year. The Nevada primary election is June the 14th, but early voting starts tomorrow and runs through June 10th there. Mail balloting is now permanent, so every active registered Nevada voter will receive a ballot in the mail any day now. Nevadans can drop the ballot in the mail, bring it to an early voting site, vote in person early or on Election Day. Barry Gold is with AARP Nevada. Mail ballots were not found to have any fraud in the state of Nevada in the last election. Mail ballots are secure. You have to make sure that you sign your mail ballot and it has to be postmarked by Election Day so it arrives in time for it to be counted. Gold says about 40% of Nevadans choose to vote early in every election, and they can vote at any early voting site in their county. Now we head to Oregon, where Chance Dorland reports as a West Eugene Wood Treatment Facility continues the process of reducing operations, activists are seeking accountability for contamination that remains in the community. Following a history of fines and hundreds of complaints each year from Bethel Danabo neighborhood residents, in January, J.H. Baxter announced it would mothball its facility. But Travis Knudsen with the Lane Regional Air Protection Agency says dioxin contaminations from the facility remain. The J.H. Baxter that was operating in 2021 is not the same facility that was operating in the 1940s or even into the 1970s and 1980s. And so that dioxin contamination is believed to be legacy from longer periods ago. The Environmental Protection Agency says dioxins are highly toxic and can cause cancer, reproductive and developmental problems damage to the immune system, and can also interfere with hormones. This is PNS. New York state lawmakers are weighing two bills which would grant utilities more vertical marketing power. It's a move proponents argue will help the state meet its clean energy goals, but some advocacy groups say it would grant utilities too much control. Essentially, the measures would let private utility companies and the New York Power Authority construct and own clean energy projects. Ann Reynolds is with the Alliance for Clean Energy New York. She contends it's unwise to let utilities, which already own the wires that deliver the electricity, develop wind and solar projects. Reynolds says that would put independent power projects like the ones they represent at a real disadvantage. They would then sell the power to themselves and decide for themselves what price they're going to pay for it. So we have a lot of pressure to keep the price as low as possible, and the utilities wouldn't have that pressure. 
The bill's authors argue the proposals would streamline clean energy production, although Reynolds contends most of the holdup there is in the permitting and planning process, not construction. This is Jonah Chester reporting. Out of California, where this week in honor of World Otter Day, conservation groups are looking to raise awareness about efforts to restore sea otters along more areas of the California coast. Right now, sea otter populations are mostly concentrated on the central coast between Santa Barbara and an area just south of San Francisco, hemmed in by predatory white sharks. Andy Johnson, with the group Defenders of Wildlife, says they used to live all the way up the north coast. We'd like to at some point maybe shift some otters northward and get them into cooler waters where sea otters used to be before they were hunted to near extinction and let them maybe help restore some of the kelp along the north coast and improve the biodiversity of those habitats. I'm Suzanne Potter. Otters save kelp beds by eating sea urchins, which can devour the kelp if not kept in check. Finally, Mary Sherman tells us with the unofficial start to summer, pools around Ohio are opening this Memorial Day weekend. When it comes to swim time, experts encourage parents to become water watchers. Drowning is the top unintentional cause of death for children ages 1 to 4, and the second leading cause among kids ages 5 to 14. And Don Gardner at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center says 70% of drowning deaths occur between May and August. She says the most important pool safety measure is to ensure an adult is actively watching children at all times. There are multiple adults around the pool, Take 15-minute shifts so that that adult knows no phone, no book, no conversations. They are keeping an eye on all the children. That is their time, and that is their only job while they're there. This is Mike Clifford, and thank you for starting a long weekend with Public News Service. Member and listener supported, heard on interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform, and find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.